welcome to yet another episode of My Bloody Horrorcast. This is Steph. I'm Carrie. And we have two guests today. Yeah, first time guests. First guests we've ever had, really, so it's pretty amazing. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, so today we have um, Kate and Eric, who have the most comprehensive cult list of Amazon Prime movies that we've ever seen. It's amazing. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Kate. So how do you guys find stuff on Prime? So my finding stuff began a really long time ago when I first got excited about these kind of movies. And if I can share that story really briefly, I got excited about watching NC-17 horror movies because I thought they would have the most gore and boobs and all that stuff in it. So we made a point of trying to find them and we had two places to rent from, one of which was Blockbuster Video. And I wound up watching um, my first movie like this was Asylum of Satan that William Girdler made. And we spent the whole movie trying to figure out why it was X-rated and we just couldn't and we just would get really close to these scenes. And then I found out years later that they gave unrated movies NC-17 ratings at Blockbuster Video. So because of that, <laughs> I wound up watching a whole lot of turkeys and I watched so many of them during my formative years that I began unable to watch good, well-made movies and still have a hard time watching them today. Oh, so that's nice. kind of how that started. And then I had to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like these sort of gray market VHS distributors like Video Search in Miami. So they would send you this like typewritten list of movies that they would get and you would get this VHS, most of which was not available. So the Amazon Prime account started because I was able to find movies streaming that I never thought I was going to get to see thanks to Vinegar Syndrome and all these places starting to like get these movies and re-release them so yeah it's really impressive yeah so I've had a list going since I was probably 12 of some <laughs> of these movies that I've like been dying to watch and I'm like a small child when these things get dumped every month so I guess that's the long story of how that list came to be yeah, so we have Amazon Prime through my dad's account who disowned me. So he <laughs> doesn't actually watch movies. I think he just has stuff shipped to himself. So we're able to like spend a lot of time searching on there and like digging through. So what I like to do, and this is really the key, what I found is it'll kind of recognize your taste and try to interpret but you can also dig deeper. The customers also watched is a huge asset. Like you can get stuck in these rabbit holes. So I like to get a concentration where like, you know, if I'm looking at barbarian movies, I'll mm -hmm. just dig and dig. And the wackier ones I find, I'll go to the customers also watch and go <laughs> deeper down the it's hole. It's like eight or nine layers. And then you wind up finding things that you, it, that I think wouldn't be easy to find otherwise. Although someone listening to this might know how to find that easier. I don't know. But Yeah. And if you do, please share with me. Cause <laughs> I spend hours just sifting through and watching whatever crap trailers I can find. And it's just amazing the sheer amount of great beans. I know. I can't imagine there. a system that works better than what you guys have going. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, the 337 movies that are on our watch list, some of which get taken away, which makes me really upset. And so yeah. I need to actually find out when that's going to happen, and I think you can. The majority of those, to my knowledge, have not been something we were able to see for many years. There are some on there that were bad copies or, you know, re-releases mm -hmm. or whatever, but, but most of the ones that I'm concentrating on um, are, are titles that have not been available. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, sometimes when we watch them, we can see where, like, somebody is showing, like, say, like an 8mm strip of the movie and then <laughs> recording it digitally because you'll kind of see it wave and <laughs> right. notice that it's, like, on a canvas or something. Like your own, so, almost like your own personal collection of bootlegs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about some of Kate and Eric's picks. Um, I've watched at least two of them with you, I think. Probably but, more than that. Well, I, the ones we're going to talk about, though, we're going to talk about The Last Shark, this Jaws oh, ripoff. Oh, oh, yeah. And then... We're going to talk about Blood Beat. Blood Beat. Oh, wow. That one. Ooh, it was super mm -hmm. obscure. Oh, yeah. So never I mean, heard of it up until a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, and I don't think I, really anybody had until nope. they, they did release that on Blu-ray. I still think about that all the time. 
<laughs> I wake up thinking about Bloodbeat. And think about being the director of Bloodbeat or, you know, the, the filmmakers of these films that have been forgotten, completely forgotten, and then all of a sudden you, you get a like a new life to it when you uh, when people discover your film on here. You know, I think that's, that's great. That's gotta be cool. The Final Terror, the other one we're gonna talk about? Well, Final Terrors um, is is a great one. We're also gonna talk I think we're gonna talk um, about uh, Evils of the Night. Oh, we are gonna talk about that. Okay. Yeah, another completely forgotten Super uh, wacky. Super wacky. I, gem is a hard word to use for that one, but it is bizarre and cool. And if you like bad B slash horror movies, I think it's worth checking out. I. <laughs> it's off. Don't get me wrong. It's awful. It's like However, a really cool piece of colored glass. <laughs> and, but don't let your kids watch it because I let my kids watch Evils of the Night and it's basically pornography. And I think. It's softcore porn. Right. And because I was like, you know. It's got Gilligan's Island, you know, it's got Tina Louise in it, it's yeah. going to be okay, but it also has porn stars in it. Yeah, as we know. Amber Lynn, Jerry Butler. Jerry no, Butler, no. and, um, you know, I don't get boners, you know, because I'm a girl, and I don't know how they work, <laughs> but it was a bonerless experience for me the whole first half hour of sex, oh. you know? I mean, it really is a not, I don't know, you guys, I mean, it's, it's, it was... No, uh, it's a very workmanlike, yeah. uh, you know, teens you being bad kind of movie. <laughs> kind of movie. <laughs> People having sex in this cold, dank woods. I think the laser blasts might have given me a boner. But... Yeah, the laser blast definitely. That's that's bonerific <laughs> right there for yeah. sure. There is a scene um, in Evils of the Night, though, where someone is getting fucked from behind and the guy dies and is still fucking her, which I think is worth mentioning because I haven't yeah. seen that in a lot of films. <laughs> I have seen that in some films, sure. but not a lot. I'd like to say I can pull that move off, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back from that booth. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so that happens, which is pretty great. And, no, that that um, actually was a, a pretty effective scene. Actually, one of the few actually effective scenes in that movie. The rest of it is just yeah. ridiculousness. It's always good when there's something in a movie that you've never seen in any other movie. That's true. And probably never will. And that one has a few of those. I love bad laser blasts, and that movie has a lot of bad laser yeah. blasts. Yeah, it does. And I do like the fact that, you know, we've got these... To me, the problem with this movie is the worst example of has-been washed-up stars oh, talent yeah. in a film. I mean, you have an all-star cast in, and in this film. You have the eldest Carradine in there. Right, you, you know, got you've Papa got... Carradine, you've got mm-hmm. Aldo Ray, Julie mm-hmm. Newmar, Tina Louise, they're both wearing these like bootleg Star Trek ass dresses, and the laser beams, <laughs> they kill people, but they double as a telephone, yeah. although I never saw that they were indicated to be used differently. They just sort of do that. I'm pretty sure a high school drama department made the costumes. Yeah, very right. certain. Yeah, yeah, the costumes. <laughs> How would you describe the plot of the movie? I mean, it's a, it is a, a vampire. <laughs> it's space vampires is what I have yeah. to understand. They need young people's blood to mm-hmm. keep their race of space vampires going. They don't really say that a lot. It's probably good that they don't. Interesting thing to me about that film is it's not very fun but it has a lot of fun elements in it, and it's got um, what's her face in it? Um, Julie Newmar, Fred, Ol- Don oh, Wildsmith. Right. Don Wildsmith is Fred Olin Ray's wife, uh, and she's in a bunch of movies that are fun. You know, although Beverly Hills Vamp is a film I've never stayed awake during, and I watched it multiple times. But oh, the title so, sounds so good. The titles of all Fred Olin Ray movies sound really great. Uh, she's an Alienator, Star Slammer. They just added to Prime. Oh, that I see that. Which is on our list over I, your house. I think we were looking right, right which trailer, which also yeah. has Don Wildsmith in it. So you know, she's one of those people that's a perennial B movie favorite in mm-hmm. in some of the the softcore tit you know horror and um, sci fi movies where they turn into aliens. And it just, for that many talented people to be in it, or people that were worth seeing, yeah. it really falls super duper flat. You it know, does. it's a bad, it's it a bad movie. It sounds so awesome on paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking on paper, the art, the, the cover, cover art. It's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, Great. that's what I was going to say. I'd never heard of this movie before, you guys, but I was, like, trying to tell Jason about it, and he has the DVD, and he's like, it's actually really bad. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we know it's bad. The best part of the film is probably the bad uh, songs, the bad soundtrack. The bad soundtrack. Right. A really wonderfully bad original song soundtrack in that. Carrie, you should sing it. Oh, what, you mean, you mean the, the thing that, boys will be boys. Yeah, that was, that was uh, wow. It's, um, that's yeah. a real toe tapper. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's 
Good, agreed. Kanga is the band that wrote that song, performed oh, wow. by, by Kanga. Kanga. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, wow. my... never to be uh, heard from again. Facts we need. Well, the director of this movie uh, co-wrote and produced Eaten Alive, which is yep. a great film, really? which was which piqued my interest. That's a classic. That's the reason one. I wanted to see mm-hmm. this. You've got this this great has been cast, and I've seen a lot of has been movies. Sure. You know, and and really, these guys were mistreated in this film. I mean, at least Javon DiCarlo in Play Dead gets to like sit Rottweilers on people, and she has right. somewhat of a fleshed out character. And these guys just were not. Although John Carradine is in a lot of turkeys, and when I read <laughs> reviews of Evils of the Night, it's like poor John Carradine. I don't feel sorry for John no, Carradine. John Carradine was <laughs> like, getting that check. And he right. was happy yeah. with it. He was just going with it. Yeah. John Carradine's last about movie is about a resurrected quality. jack-o'-lantern, you know, and he, like, died before they even released it. You know, I don't think he was a discerning fellow with, like, 315 IMDb credits. He, he was just playing the odds. He knew, that's right. He knew the Babe Ruth of bad cinema. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every once in a while, you're, you know, you're going to get it. And if I had everything. the opportunity to do it, I would, too. I'd be in Jacko. I'd be in Evil's <laughs> of the Night in a heartbeat. So, yeah. Did you guys want to say anything else about Evil's of the Night? You know, it's aliens stealing teenage blood. You know, it's uh. Carrie, stop trying to sell it. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's definitely bad. But again, if you're a completist, it was easy to make fun of. You and could that... watch, and it's it's the movie that's made for having some adult beverages, sitting around with some friends, and uh, yeah. a, a source of comedy. I had yeah. fun it watching it. Does with serve you guys. that purpose? Yeah, it's a great well. film for sure. If you yeah. watch it by yourself, you're going to be probably really disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and depressed. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you can never get that hour and a half back. Yeah. Yeah, and I was disappointed too because you know you have so many tools. You know this this how much of the the setting you think revolves around this mechanics garage you know <laughs> and like you have like the wood drill and everything and they really oh, failed really cool. to yeah. do what yeah. they needed to do with that from a gore standpoint so i felt disappointed if you hold a wood drill in your hand in a movie ever we need to follow through i think with that that was an exercise of frustration watching this blonde woman escape only to have a million tools at her disposal mm-hmm. and to have zero defenses <laughs> right right I think about a great movie like You're Next, a great contemporary horror movie where they take full advantage of everything around them. I know. She's the final girl you She's the final girl, and she, uh, yeah, she really goes uh, kind of bananas. Not here, it. though. No, no not, not here. Not at all. No. Not at all. It is disappointing. So, yeah, I guess we probably have. Uh, and just so you know, the director, um, when interviewed, claims this is a remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still for some reason. What? Yeah, what? I think it's a little delusional. I didn't hear that. them say Viratu Klaatu. <laughs> right, right, right. So it wasn't where, where were you, Bruce Campbell? Right. We needed you. Now, one that I think that we all enjoyed um, in its awfulness, and we've, we've all talked about this one, was uh, The Last Shark. Yes! Oh, wow. Which I'm showing at Flickr on Wednesday. Yeah. What? Is this yeah. on Wednesday? It's yeah. on Wednesday. Excellent. I'm going to have some Enzo Castellari trailers. That's, uh, the, that's the movie that keeps on giving. It's Warriors like, of the Bronx. You know that. what's coming, but it still gets you. Yeah. The Bronx <laughs> Warriors. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I've seen this, but I've not seen it. Well, that's what these this. Italian yes. dudes did, you know? This is riffing off of an American film and kind of putting their own spin on it, but it's a blatant blatant rip-off in the most yeah. blatant sense of the word of Jaws. But it was so blatant that after it made its $18 million the first month, they cease and desist they and said it. they could not be in the theaters. They pulled But yeah, it. I mean, the guy who... Universal was like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> nope, not gonna happen. Well, it's so <laughs> blatant, awesome. and, and I'm okay with it because I, I, Enzo Kessler is absolutely one of my favorite directors, and, you know, if he hadn't ripped off Escape from New York, we wouldn't have the amazing trilogy that we have of, you know, the Bronx Warriors and Warriors of Wasteland, which I can watch those probably monthly and still get something out of them. But yeah, I mean, the main character in The Last Shark is Peter Benton, I believe, and the guy who wrote Jaws is Peter Benchley. You know, and it's, there's so many details like that that I feel like... I really like fake Quint. Yeah. It is Big, Big Morrow. Big Morrow. Yeah. I mean, riffing that completely, and doing, oh. but doing it with a plum. Like he really, he really gets. He went in and out of a few regional accents several <laughs> times. Oh yeah. And yeah. The thing, you know, and if really, if we're gonna get this movie, you know, in trouble for being a ripoff, which it is, 
Why wasn't there a fake Richard Dreyfuss? I think about it every time oh, I watch yeah, it. There should have right. There really right. needed to be. And I think the only problem with the film for me is that there isn't a fake Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss. Mm-hmm. Well, so. when we started watching, I remember thinking, ah, oh, it's a little slow to start. But as soon as that first pair of legs get chopped. It's amazing. Yeah. He it's busts up awesome. out of the ocean and eats them like a Twix bar. I love it. I <laughs> uh-huh. peed myself, which isn't a big thing because I have five kids and I pee myself a lot. But... I laughed really hard at the FX in that movie. I think they're great. And that's the thing about Enzo. He never fails to deliver just explosive gore. Like, not only did the shark chomp somebody, but the rest of the body went flying into the air. (laughs) That scene is just fantastic. It's great. It really is. And if you're a fan of of Enzo's and haven't seen the movie, you'll see his favorites from his other films who Mm -hmm. pop up in this. I mean, he uses the same guys a whole lot, and they're Mm -hmm. all... Really, you know, really good. Um, what are some other movies he's done? I'm not familiar. Well, he started out, I think, working with his father who made like spaghetti westerns, and his first mm-hmm. several movies through the 70s oh, were westerns. Cool. And then I think he was asked to direct a horror movie, and if I remember correctly, he turned it down because he was like, I don't think I can do horror. And he's he's pretty popular for these Escape from New York ripoffs um which are amazing you know movies and they're all set in the future and the costuming is amazing giant shoulder pads crazy mohawks (laughs) fred Uh, Fred williamson Williamson shooting explosive arrows (laughs) wearing like he's in two of them what yeah well and, and as schlocky as they are there are some really good cinematic moments peppered throughout those films absolutely and that's what i think kind of keeps you drawn into castellari like he does have a, a good sense of cinema. He just chooses to, uh, to, to you know, go down to the that B movie level and just kind of live there. And it's kind of great. I feel like me and him at 15 years old would have had a great friendship. We would have watched <laughs> movies and been like, we got to do that. And I feel like that's kind of what he's doing. He's like a 15 year old boy with money making movies mm-hmm. the way a 15 year old boy would. Like. I'm going to make Warriors, but I'm going to make it way cooler with, like, Fred Williamson. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, why not, you know? And yeah. I think that in when you're making a post-apocalyptic movie, especially, and this is why I think those movies, you know, can be vastly disappointing or conversely vastly entertaining, is, you know, you can do anything you mm-hmm. want to do because it's the future. Yep. You know, and what they do is they get vacuum cleaner and air duct hoses and they all use them and they stick them to the cars because we all are just going to have you know HVAC (laughs) hoses on our cars and they spray paint aluminum and you know there's lots of saran wrap and it's kind of awesome you know I never really get tired of it I think it's okay with me it sounds super awesome I can't wait to watch more of his movies let's not forget he did the original Inglorious Bastards yes he did and he has a cameo Mm -hmm. in the Inglorious Bastards at Quentin Tarantino Mm -hmm. Directed so exactly so oh, it was classic. So hopefully, if you get nothing else from this episode, dig into Castellari's uh, filmography. And, and Prime has a lot of them, although they yes. recently did take off some of them, which is disappointing. But they're still available in other places. Shutter had uh, Bronx Warriors and Escape from the Bronx last time I looked. It's been a couple weeks, but it did have those streaming, so maybe able to signal those there. Mm-hmm. Some of those have alternate titles too, and what's funny is. Amazon actually has both titles sometimes, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of them is called Warriors of the Wasteland, because they also have it as the alternate title, which is the New Barbarians. The New Barbarians. Right, yeah. right, which is great. I mean, there's a car in it. Cash, yeah, the bar- barbarian craze of the time. Sure. Right, right. sure. You know? Which there are so many barbarian, you know, genre films. I mean, more than I could ever even see, and I've been watching mm-hmm. them for a good long time. <laughs> that one in particular is great because the costumes are excellent, and... Um, you know, the cars cool. decapitate people, and I think cars should decapitate people in the future, probably. Yeah, it's Fred, better. It's better than them flying. Fred Williamson, at Fred his Williamson, who he worked with a couple times, yeah, Castle, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. So he's sure. good. He's ah. got a Batman mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, and there's, uh, another thing and I love about these course, movies, yes. mm-hmm. there's always skulls being used as hood ornaments, which yes. is never going to get old. No, right. no, that's no, always never. awesome. One day in the future, we will all have skulls as head of hood ornaments. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm, I'm getting ready now. As long as we keep you know, doing the right thing and living a good life, we'll get to that. <laughs> right. That is the reward for us. Yeah. For, <laughs> as a and society. I love the fact that all of the movies in the future 
center on the fact that New York is going to be an absolutely bombed out, gutted out place. And it really wasn't the case. They should have made a movie called, you know, Realtor of the Bronx or something. Instead <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it really didn't happen the way that they thought it was yeah. going to. So, um, I think Zardoz probably got it closer <laughs> to the mark. Oh, Zardoz. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to dig into. Um, like I said, you know, we're, we're kind of touching the surface, but you should definitely, uh, if you enjoy bad movies, like dig into that, go down that rabbit hole. Yes. See what happens. See what happens. And I guess we were going to, um, talk about Bloodbeat last. Is that the, or not last. We had a couple of wrecks that we weren't going to fully review, I suppose. Should we do, should we do Bloodbeat and then some wrecks maybe? Sure. That sounds good to me. Excellent. So Bloodbeat is again, another one of these. Completely forgotten films from the eighties. Never from the eighties. Never. Heard oh, this of. one's a mega obscure one. I think it's probably yeah. the most obscure of any we've just talked it about, is. to my knowledge. It's got a Shelley Duvall a clone in it. You got you got some uh, some weird poltergeisty kind of things happening. It is basically a mishmash of a, a, you know twenty other films put in one, and it's just so weird and unique. You. you Kind of can't help but enjoy first it. Half is a plot you can follow. It's yeah. it starts out like that, yes, yeah. and then it diverges I, wildly. Right. I don't think the acid kicked in quite no, yet. No, no, no. <laughs> so then the trip got really heavy towards <laughs> the right. middle, and there's that's a little it, acid with some of the primitive film effects oh, at the yeah. at the uh, close to middle true, mark. True. But yeah, at the end of the day, it is a psychedelic slasher movie about mm-hmm. a glowing samurai that. Is conjured up by a girl during orgasmic dreams in Wisconsin mm-hmm. in the woods on Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's what happens. And, and re- refresh my memory, what was the point of all that? I can't remember if it's a witch or if it's if it's a revenge. Like, it's not maybe explained. that was never answered. It, it was I, not it's answered. never really yeah. explained. You, no. you get the sense it's a visiting spirit. Uh, and that's why I don't sleep at night. <laughs> that's right, because you never know. The visiting yeah. spirit Actually, will visit so you. Many questions. The more I think about it, the less it makes sense. It's this boyfriend oh, who brings his girlfriend home to his family in Wisconsin in the winter. That's right. But mm-hmm. the mother, the fake Shelley Duvall character, immediately has a bad feeling about her. Or recognizes her. I couldn't yeah. tell. I think from what I'm to understand, having read a lot about this movie, more than I should admit in, <laughs> in public, both of those people had psychic tendencies. And so the mother, and there is some discussion on the Blu-ray mm-hmm. that they released about this. There's a Blu-ray of Blood Beat. That's why we're seeing some <laughs> of this stuff is because they're giving, they're releasing these, yes. And the um, director of the film is speaks on it. But I think the idea was they were both psychic. They both had psychic leanings. And so she recognized that this girl had some power in her. One was possessed and one was compelled but aware. Right. Like the mother's aware of what's happening. going on. She's able to resist it to a certain extent. Yeah. But having not developed that, it just makes it kind of seem like the mother doesn't like that her son brings girls home. That's yeah. kind of initially looks, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you get the sense that they, the, you know, the writers didn't really know how to get all the information across in a cohesive way. Right. But they had some interesting ideas in there. Yeah. yeah. Some of that, some of that we do get to see on screen. Obviously. Well, I have not seen as many Prime movies as y'all, but this is the most cuckoo bananas one that I've watched. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's probably the most cuckoo bananas one I've watched also and if you feel like we did at the end going was this guy on drugs you're right he was because he says that the heartbeat and the increase of that was supposed to mimic the heartbeat that you feel when you're on amphetamines and I do believe there was some of that going on based on the interview Um, if you watch the blu-ray you can catch that although more interesting to me on that interview is that the cinematographer of this film claims that um, all of this was planned, everything was storyboarded, all of these scenes were very well laid out, and I think the film indicates that that never happened. You don't get that impression <laughs> so I, I was, no. I thought that was kind of an interesting... Maybe he was the trip mother. It actually right. makes it right. feel right. better to know so. that he was on amphetamines, because you feel like it's a flight of thoughts at the end that yeah. are just like oh, absolutely. really coming at you and taking well, you to crazy town. Well, if you're going to be on amphetamines the whole time as a director, yeah, you film at your own house, which is what they did. They filmed at his yeah. house. Oh. So right. they, and in, in this Wisconsin woods. woods. Yes, yes. So that no one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. That's right. I wonder right. why <laughs> they picked Wisconsin for the samurai to come It's very awesome. Yeah. It's a scary place. Wisconsin. No, I have family in Wisconsin. No, but really, it's the place you would least expect this kind of thing to happen because everyone in Wisconsin is so nice. 
Yeah. You just wouldn't expect it to meet. You, you'd think that the ghost of Wisconsin is just like, hey, everybody hang out. It's fine. I don't know no, if the weirdness can be but, like really portrayed enough. Like She gets possessed via sex like after She Sam fucks right. a sword in it, essentially. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah. And when it's come, when, it, when you finally see the samurai, he's like glowing. And I ended up Googling any connection <laughs> between Wisconsin and feudal Japan, and I found none. Yeah, not, no. we did. That's Thank a thing. you for doing that, Eric, by the way. It needed to happen, and I'm sorry that there was uh, that was a dead end. Still, that, and that's why I'm still confused. It is pathetic. We have children to take care thought, of. We well, did may, take some time looking that up. Maybe we I completely understand that. Wisconsin was exported and like <laughs> became a cash crop. I don't know. You, see, well, so you learned some important history, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> a lot of that cheese was in this movie. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was heavy on the Wisconsin cheese. Yes, <laughs> yes. Has the director done anything else that's like even halfway as nuts? Wasn't no. he a French director? He is a French director, correct. Okay. And the yeah, cinematographer, I believe, is from Czechoslovakia. French director. There is so much going in on. In Wisconsin. Feudal Japan. What? <laughs> this guy directed one movie. Yes. And, and it, it is and it is Bloodbeat. Well, it is a masterpiece. And if you're going to direct one, direct Bloodbeat. Blood <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, it rivals David Lynch on what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does. Well, it's good that he doesn't explain it because I get annoyed sometimes when they try to, mm-hmm. you know, give us an explanation Some, for the film. Right. Sometimes if you explain too much, you realize that there's really nothing there. So sometimes if you just leave it open, leave it, you know, kind of unanswered, then you have to guess. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, which is why we're talking about it right now. If exactly. it had been too yes. wrapped up, we might not have cared. I don't no, know. Exactly. But the photo effects are really cool. And also, one of my favorite things in a horror movie is when the house just goes fucking berserko and the cupboard starts shaking and shit flies everywhere. Yeah. That part of the film, I think, is really great. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. always like it when kitchen appliances or spoons or whatever sure. go after people and that happens. That was the kind of poltergeisty <laughs> part to me. I was like, oh, yeah, that was, but they did it well. I really yeah. enjoyed that part too. Yes, yes. And filled, like, again, filled with moments that I've not seen in any other film. No, true. I think they're basically just throwing as much as they could against the wall to see what sticks. And you know, yeah, like, maybe there's. You and, know, I have to give some some uh, some props to that. And you know, a lot of times when we're sifting through those those really terrible movies on Amazon, it's the it's not the title so much. Or the cover art, it's the description. And, mm-hmm. I mean, any way you write the description for this movie, it's going to hook you. Mm-hmm. And yes. this one definitely hooked us when we read, you know, I, I don't remember what the description was exactly. I think we just read the word samurai in Wisconsin and clicked play now. You know, that's yeah. typically what <laughs> happens exactly. with us. And I, when I start researching stuff, you know, back to those early days of me hunting for things, um, when I find out it's the only time somebody's directed something, I'm almost always in. Mm-hmm. You know, if they did nothing else, I want to know what the one thing they did before they started mm-hmm. selling insurance or whatever the fuck <laughs> that they contribution that they made to the world that I can now watch, you know, in my living room thanks to streaming. Especially yeah. during that time period. So, mm-hmm. um, before we jump into your recommendations, are there any that you've watched that you really wouldn't recommend? Oh, so many. <laughs> you know, the one back to descriptions. Animal Goes Nuts, my favorite subgenre easily. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is because I'm sensitive to rape in films. There typically isn't a lot of rape in those movies. I, mm-hmm. I have a few, there's a few exceptions. And it's always like, there's a sympathy aspect too. You know, it's not the alligator's fault that he got flushed down the toilet and was fed radioactive puppies. You know, like he didn't <laughs> ask for this to happen. And New York deserves it because he came up and, and ate you all. You know, so <laughs> I think that, you know... Taking care Ellis, of the riffraff. Right. So, you know, and, and Steph, I'm sorry to because you're an animal lover and I asked you to come over to my house because all I saw was there's LSD in the water and PCP. the zoo animals are PCP. P- P- that's right. PCP, PCP in the water. PCP in the water supply. Yep. And animal animals go nuts. Crazy. I mean, I, my hands were shaking at how fast I wanted to hit play. I, what was that movie called again? It's Wild so, Beasts. Wild Beasts. Wild Beasts. Yeah. Great and it's, cover. And that's the thing. It's not a bad movie. Right, but but it's got exploitation, Italian mondo elements, which means if there are rats on fire, they're really on fire. It's disturbing. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. I like seeing animals go nuts, like when the elephant is like attacking like vehicles. That's yes. cool. But when you look at this like emaciated like cheetah like running down the road, that just makes you really sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and when rats are squealing because they're actually being set on fire in a sewer, that also yeah. really sucks. That so, was the end of that era of being able to uh, do that on screen. Sure, yeah, that was that sure. was uh, right. Yeah, yeah. It also the end of and I think there was some cats being hurt yes that 
is always hard to yeah, watch. Yeah, you can hear them yowling, and you know they're not like that good. Of but they were really actors. being hurt, and you know, again, going back to things uh, that I've never seen in any of the movies, sometimes you just don't want to see it, you know. And I think, you know, we have the technology; we don't need to hurt rats and cats. And, well, no. Italian directors, it was, it's another '80s movie, yeah. isn't it? It is, and like oh, I said, it is yeah. like a Mondo following. I think that it's got those elements in it for sure, and. Um, yeah, it's cringy when you've got that. You know, there's an exploitation line that some of us are not willing to cross, you know, and for me, you know, too much gratuitous rape, animals getting hurt and all that. I get checked out on that. I want to watch the fun ones for the most part. But Like Cannibal Holocaust is a good example of a, a classic, <laughs> right. a classic, but it's God, disturbing to watch. The turtle. The turtle. <laughs> Yeah. And, and there are people out there that mm. like that kind of stuff, and so sure. you know if you grew up as a headbanger sacrificing yes, to Satan, listening to like Slayer in your basement, and you're into that, that might be your you favorite know, movie. That might be a good movie mm-hmm. for you. Well, when I was first exploring, you know, film, and I had what I now refer to as a violent mind, you know, because I was dealing with my own stuff. Mm-hmm. I did watch stuff that was as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, if I found out that it was, I mean, all the stuff that was banned, all the stuff that was gross because you know this is what sells you know mm-hmm. and so as a teenager you sometimes are trying to find that thrill and look for that but looking back you know am I am I gonna watch A Spit on Your Grave ever again no probably not I'm good <laughs> I, <I've, laughs> why was that movie remade right exactly I know. so God, what an awful remake too but yeah some of those movies are really you know it's directors pushing boundaries they want to push the boundaries of what they can show on the screen I did not get that impression that was what was going on in Wild Beasts, though. Sorry. Wild Beasts, not. I Spinner Grave, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Wild Beasts, again, who knows, maybe a lot of acid was involved in that film as well, or PCP. PCP. Not just for the animals. <laughs> I don't know anything about PCP. Is that really... Remember how it ends with, like, the school children and it turns out they've the also part. been having the yeah. PCP That's the best part. Water. It really is. So the little kids getting into the they're PCP. They're all playing, yeah. like, murder games together and I'm just like, this is like an after-school special right. about yeah. a drug that none of us Dangers are... Dangers of drugs, kids. <laughs> they're running with scissors. And that's right. That's yeah. right. Well, that's one of the things that I like about the film, actually, is it is sort of a hail to the older films where yeah. you know I remember watching Helen Hunt straight up drop out of you know a window two seconds after you know she took drugs mm-hmm. you know yeah. and so and what was that uh, that was a after that was an after school special movie I don't remember the name of why it. am I spacing on it I have that on like VHS somewhere but anyways <laughs> it's um, kind of a famous one and so I kind of liked that part of it actually mm-hmm. and the exploitation the genre is tough mm-hmm. for progressive people when is mm-hmm. it too far you sure. know, when are you watching something and you're like, I don't know if this is right. And then when is exploitation as a genre giving us social commentary? Because mm-hmm. a lot of them do, you know, and some of them are just gross to be gross. So sure. that's sure. kind of up to us to figure out what we're comfortable with. Typically the movies, you know, if I say I'm not going to like something on my prime, it's not just going to be because it's cringy. That one, though, to me was too far. A lot of them I'll simply turn off. You know, it doesn't mean they're bad movies. I'm just probably mm-hmm. not going to indulge, you know, in something like that. So I'm trying to think of some other ones we watched that we were like, this Are is we... a real turkey. Well, I was oh. going to say, I'm also glad I watched this with you guys, but Starleaf was a slog. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah. I only heard Legend of this movie. I think I talked to y'all after you had watched it. And, uh, yeah. You said some, uh, so it was pretty awful. Well, when you hear there's an alien weed movie, you just assume it's going to be the best thing ever. You've got to see it, right? Yeah. Check it out. I'm glad I watched it. I just wish it had... Ernest P. World in it. <laughs> that might have saved the movie. <laughs> Ernest goes to space on we. <laughs> Desperate Lives. That's what that movie's called. I'm sorry. The one with Helen Hunt where she jumps out the window. Oh, we right. watched that as kids and we we're like, oh fuck, don't do those drugs because you're going to lose bad. your damn mind. But then you know? Beastie Boys said they were on that dust. Yeah, yeah. I know. We kind of knew they were kidding though, even as I kids. I learned it by watching you. Exactly. <laughs> That's a big thing, right? So... Yeah, I think that that Starleaf was really disappointing. I also tend to be disappointed in movies that were they were just a dream at the end or they weren't real. Oh, I know. You know, it's, I think it's a letdown. It's down. the worst. It's the laziest plot device. I mean, I we were having a conversation it. last night. It was over at a friend of mine's house, uh, Mark Weathersby, DJ Mahogany. 
We watched The Hitcher. Somehow we got onto, which I'd never seen before, by the what? way. That's a great one. I know it was a noticeable omission in my in my film watching, and it was oh my god, amazing. So we'll talk about that maybe next time. Yeah, but I love The Hitcher. But we start talking about movies where that's the plot device, where at the end it was all a dream, and all of us could agree it is a total cop out. It's a screen. It's it's a lazy cop. And it keeps out. happening. It's it keeps still happening all the time. And it's historically it, disappointing. It takes away everything. Okay, uh, like Dallas. Of, everybody was pissed. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. And Patrick Duffy hasn't worked. Since. It didn't matter who shot JR. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but yeah, so we were we were talking about identity that James Mangold film, which was a fun little film, and you and you enjoyed the more it's going on, you get to the end, you're like, no, it's all a lie, all a lie. Yeah. And we're back after a short break. All right, so now we're going to get into some recommendations, correct? Yeah, we don't have to. Right. So these are probably ones y'all haven't seen. Maybe is that? We don't know. Like, this is this is a surprise for us. So well, we're just I have to say, my absolutely favorite movie that I've seen. I don't. Well, it's not on Prime though, is it? Or maybe it is. You could rent it. It's worth renting. Okay. Shockma. If you haven't seen Shock, it was, and you had talked about that a couple months it's ago when we first started I think the they idea might have of doing this episode. Yeah, Shock mm-hmm. is no longer on Prime, but we both looked it up. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. I can't say enough about that movie. Can you yeah. describe the plot? What's the basic premise? The plot is basically uh, a baboon is being experimented on in this laboratory at a school, right? Yeah, it's like a medical college. I think these like these are guys are like LARPers that lock themselves in the school overnight to right. play some kind of role playing game. It's almost like Dungeons and Dragons, but they're like, uh. I mean, they're dressed as like wizards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then they're going through the different rooms, and they have like a map, and they're looking for keys and ghouls and treasure, or whatever. And then meanwhile, this monkey has been set loose, and uh. this thing is the most frightening thing I've ever seen on film. <laughs> it's got a giant erection. It's going totally, you know. Well, to be clear, they had to Photoshop the erection out. <laughs> but, yes. But we know the giant erection is there because we've looked and read and talked about this movie so much. And he is like throwing himself at the door, trying to get to the people. And so, you know, we did a little research and we found out that they used like a female baboon or just the the pheromone. Well, no, at first, yeah, I think that was like the myth. And then there was an article recently, and then I read another article. We read an interview. That there was the a guy. trainer involved where they like sort of create a pecking order with the monkey that was undesirable. And you can't mm-hmm. be apparently near the monkey during this time. The trainer's up sort of high, getting him real worked up. <laughs> and so he's throwing himself up against these steel doors so hard that his shoulder like dislocates. Oh, oh, wow. Jesus. Amanda Weiss is in it, the girl from um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. And mm-hmm. she, um, and then, I can't remember the girl's name, but she was on Kate and Alley when I was growing up. And um, they were terrified this monkey had nightmares about it. And, and then the main actor was from the Blue, Blue Lagoon. yeah. Christopher Atkins right. is yeah. the lead, yeah. yeah. His also, interview is hilarious. He's also in hilarious. Pirate Movie. The parody uh, of Pirates of Penzance, yes. which is another great movie, which I don't think they have on Prime. But the actors describe being on set with the monkey as the most terrifying experience of their lives, and it translates on film. Like, when mm-hmm. you watch this, I mean, the plot itself doesn't sound that appealing, but when you watch this monkey on film going, excuse the pun, ape shit, it's like you're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, oh my god, this thing is vicious. It is like okay. biting at the door. It's banging at it's the door. It's got some decent gore, too, when he mauls people. It's pretty great. Yeah. Because the only, you know, what first comes to mind when I think of a, you know, a, a, a monkey, evil monkey on film would be The Creep Show. Saying oh, yeah, one of my yeah. favorites, right. actually. It rivals that, definitely. Okay. okay. I'd say okay. Shockma is definitely more terrifying. That's a great one, though. It's a great statement. Oh my yeah. god. I, know, I guess I, I do know. have to watch that. You it's do just, need to watch it, sure. If it's just something of the reality of, like, you can tell this monkey is mad. You right. Know? Like, <laughs> right. It's something like you can't real. fake. And yeah. when you watch it, it's going to ruin you for all other... I can't watch Monkey Shines anymore. There's just uh, no way. Oh, you know? Some late Romero right there. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've seen Shockma, I, I can't go back. You Everything know? pales in comparison. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Shockma's getting some attention lately. And the film I want to talk about that isn't getting attention that I know of is One Dark Night. 
It's on Prime. Um, Meg Tilly and her friends are trapped in a mausoleum. Damn. By a dead Russian occultist named Raymar, <laughs> who like Raymar. who basically feeds on the biodynamic energy of young girls uh, and has them like piled up literally in his apartment. In his closet, so much in, in his closet. And uh, Code Red released it, I believe, on Blu-ray last year, so it started to get a little bit of attention. Um, from what I can understand, they had some production and release delays and issues that made it come out after Poltergeist, mm-hmm. and they retitled it to One Dark Night, which I think sounds like a PG movie. I don't think it has a very great title. Yeah, it sounds like a made-for-TV horror movie. It sounds yep, exactly yeah. like a made-for-TV it horror does. movie, and I think that that was one of the reasons no one saw it. The corpses and the mausoleum you know, effects are great. I think it's very much worth watching. Meg Tilly is one of the girls that's loose. Um, oh, and it's got um, the one girl that we like. That she's a cheerleader and everything. I forgot about her. I can't remember who it is. I know that Paul Newman's daughter is also in it. So some classic 80s horror. Yeah, yeah. it's really great. I think you need to definitely see it. I like teens trapped in a place, typically. Uh, I like Mausoleum. It's always a good setting. Yeah, mausoleum, yeah, mausoleum is, mausoleum is, a, is also on Prime one. right now. Mm-hmm. Probably need to rewatch it if you caught it when you were a teenager like I did. There's some can, great, great uh, gore scenes in that one for sure. Yeah. Death Game was on Prime. I wanted to mention that one. Oh, that was a good one. You had you mentioned know, that before. I never got a chance to watch it. That was on our initial recommendation yeah. list. I never got a chance to see it. They remade that with Keanu Reeves, and I forget what the name of that one was. Knock Knock. knock oh, knock. I watched Knock Knock. Yeah. So that's what this the is. The original is Death Game. Ah, okay. And okay. It's, it's pretty disturbing. It's legit unnerving, actually. Yeah, okay. Colleen Camp is a star, and she lives out like my fantasy of fucking with an old creepy guy who wants to have sex with you, and he gets more than he bargains for. So he's trying to like to have a little hookup because the wife is out of town. Okay. And they don't leave when Uh-oh. he's done. So they stay there, and it's pretty great. Okay. And it's definitely unnerving. There's some there's some scenes in it I think that are pretty gross, and pretty uncomfortable. Um, I didn't see Knock Knock because I haven't seen it either. I just to me Keanu Reeves never got any better after River's, River's Edge, and I'm not gonna watch anything <laughs> with him in it. You know. I don't know. I really enjoyed his pizza freakout scene in Knock Knock, where he's just like, when someone offers you free pizza or whatever, you don't say no. I totally messed up that line, but that's essentially it. <laughs> well, I should give it a shot. I know I'm kind of a jerk about Keanu Reeves, but I mean he. If he's not a stoner, it's hard for me to, to go there with him. Oh, you know? totally. And so, um, but yeah, and and I heard about that from a couple people that it was worth watching. This original one's pretty great. It's pretty grim. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of shit the bed on the ending for me. But other than that, I think it was almost a perfect movie until that last 30 seconds of the mm-hmm. film. Okay. Um, I also recently watched Evil Speak, which has gotten a little more attention. Oh, I have seen Evil oh, Speak. Oh, Clint yeah. Howard. Yeah, yes. I have a drawing of Clint Howard Chip crying Howard. hanging in my bedroom, no, and Clint. I wake up to his oh, face right. every yeah. day. No, uh, Chip was the other brother. The other guy. Right, right. <laughs> but yes, uh, no, Evil Speak's great. Some great 80s uh, computer graphics in there. Um, yeah, yes. it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, those movies that are super dated because of technology are you know, always great, and I mean, when he finally gets revenge and busts out of there, releasing the fucking hogs oh, so from hell, sweet. that final it's scene great. is fantastic. I love, oh, I love a good climax in a horror movie, and I hate it when horror movies kind of peter out. Like a lot of movies, I think these days they have a great idea, but they don't know how to finish it, and yeah. that's why most '80s horror movies, most of the great ones, really know how to hammer home that yeah. ending. Oh yes, Carrie yeah. for dudes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, That's right. Yeah. It is. It I know. Really I love is. it. I'm like, thank God, because you guys need one too. You know. And there's so and, many great album cover opportunities <laughs> in that movie. Oh, yes. Like warthog, like like giant hogs emerging from from flames. Yes. Yeah. Like, so you get the sense that Dio great. got all of his album ideas from absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely like this is a heavy metal war movie. I yeah. Mean, Poor Clinton Howard's getting slapped around by these assholes. He's an orphan. I mean, he's the most endearing character. He's taking care of a small animal. Yeah. I think they could have made him a little bit more endearing, honestly, you know, as far as the character development goes. But other than that, I think it's a really well, great Clint's story. also weird, and you gotta just go with his weirdness, too. You know, he can't yeah. help it, so it's great. Yeah. Well, there's a detached quality, I think, to him as an actor in general, mm-hmm. and I've seen oh, a ton of his absolutely. movies. So because of that, you don't get that same heartwarming thing where you're really rooting for the underdog I think that you could have gotten in that film but that's really right. the only problem with it to me is that detached quality that, that he has and then um, 
One more is the Mirror Mirror franchise. You were telling me about that. I added it to my own queue. Okay, good. That I haven't one, seen it yet. That one's really cool. Like, the first one, I remember we watched it and we were like, wow, this is really awesome. This mm-hmm. is almost like The Craft, but not enough to where you're like, oh, this is just The Craft all over again. <laughs> but then, like, the sequels really start getting crazy and weird. And the fact How many that, sequels were there? Uh, I keep finding more, but so far I've found <laughs> four. I think nice. they went the writ- the witchcraft route, and I'll tell you Absolutely. why. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. mystical women in film, we were sort of getting away from that for a minute, and this was on the downturn of that. The mm-hmm. first Mirror Mirror came mm-hmm. out in 1990. Mm-hmm. I think we were looking for something different out of horror. And so, like, Magic Mirrors, I don't think we were doing that then. <laughs> and so what happened was, because the seduction scenes in Mirror Mirror are probably their best moments, mm-hmm. that's where they went with it. So wow. they're like, you know, if we can't, if, you know, we can't have a viable entry into the horror world with these mystical mirrors and witches, there just has to be a lot of fucking. And that's what happened with witchcraft as well. Show some boobs. That they wound yeah. up being softcore in a lot of ways. And I think the Mirror Mirror franchise went in a similar direction. You can always show it after 11 on Showtime. Nah, that's right. <laughs> oh, skip max. Yeah, and who doesn't want to see Billy Drago naked? Uh, Billy Drago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the better question is Billy, who does, who does? Right. I do want to see Billy Jago naked I'd like to say and I will be watching the third Mirror Mary because I'd watch it by myself for that reason And uh, I don't trust you with Billy Drago by yourself Billy Drago if you're watching this stay away okay she's married yes so yeah I think that they're they're pretty good. Karen Black and Yvonne DiCarlo are in the typical sort of back to washed up. Sure. Karen Black, classic. Yeah. You know. and they have that moment. Um, but, I mean, they do have those guys in it, so it's watchable to me. And it's got, like, the misunderstood goth girl who, that's always fun to me in a movie, yeah. you know. She gets to, goes to a new school. She's not fitting in. Mm-hmm. So you have the teen, you know, elements and side plot, which I enjoy, you know, better than the sort of underdeveloped teen genre groups of people being in the woods getting murdered this is different you know you're watching her go to school she's getting bullied she's trying to fit in everyone understands to a certain extent in some part of your life the outcast character right that's that's always you can always identify in some way that's great right so you know that that was one that I think you know if you've got some time you might want to check out (laughs) You know, you might not need to watch all four. Maybe stop at two. <laughs> Maybe stop at two. Although I'm not going to stop. But you, mirror, might, mirror, I mean, you might not be able to. You might be possessed by the mirror and watch uh, forever. <laughs> forever. And we can't end our time with you guys without talking about the fact that Monsters has been put back on Prime after it was taken oh, yes. off uh, with an additional right. season. And it's if a, you didn't catch Monsters... When it came on, because a lot of folks didn't actually. No, I, I did saw, thanks to you guys. I, I saw a handful of episodes it. as a kid, and that was that was basically yeah, it. So, yeah. I loved it as a kid, and every time that that I, intro was great. Even now, yeah, that, that intro amazing. gets me every time. I have to watch it. Like yes. I've seen it a million times. We can skip it. They have the function on there. That intro and Tales from the Dark Side intro. Yes. I love those. Which oh. Richard Rubenstein produced both of those. Yes. So that's yes. his deal, and he's. You know, good I, I, anthology horror is fun. I think even when it, it's like you know the pizza joke or the sex joke, even when it's bad, it's good. To me, mm-hmm. horror anthology or in t- TV shows, I'm going to watch it no matter wrong. what. Mm-hmm. So, and if you were a fan of Tales from the Crypt, Monsters is to me better because sometimes you're like in it for the long haul with Tales from mm-hmm. the Crypt. You got to sit for the full hour. Monsters, I think, are like 20-minute episodes. Yeah. Yep. So it's like short and sweet, and if it sucks, man, you got 10 minutes. Chill. Right, you right. Know? You'll get through it. You'll be exactly. Fine. And you're going to recognize a whole lot of actors. Some yeah. of which yeah. were just starting That's where I love when you get the vets in there. Billy Drago. Yep. Clint Howard is in one, oh, I yeah. think. Right? The Mary Warnov episode is amazing. Oh, it's yes. so good. The That's a good there. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it has my other husband, Steve Buscemi, in another uh, episode. That's oh, correct. that's right. Young he is Steve. I, I did see that Tori Spelling Meatloaf. I saw him in one of the episodes. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen yeah. that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that so, one's great. Just to and throw that out there, it's not a movie. They just added season three. Ooh. Oh. So, all right, all right. They took it away for a while. I think it's been gone like all summer. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I cried just a little bit. I mean, I like yeah, ugly we, cry, but I like, mean, like, it was a little, it was a hard time when they took right, it away. I'm, I'm we were like screaming that. at the TV when we like went to watch it, and we're like, no, no. And it was like, you know, we're not football fans, but. It's like our favorite team loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a day to recover. Aww. So now we have to binge it because they might take it away from us again. So. That's right. That's I right. hope that 
maybe they took a break because they're like, well, let's collect a bunch more episodes so we can really start like churning them out. And we're going to see like, I don't know how many seasons it ran for. I remember you should email them. You should email them and be like, okay, here's, here's what we want to see. Is it just three seasons total? Is that all it does? So That's a good far. question. I looked this up and I can't remember. If you don't have a lot of time to devote to the entire series, you know, like everybody else might. The one where the zombie boyfriend, oh, I think, is the absolute one. best one. I love it. And try to watch that one if you can. So I really like don't think I've seen the that one, vampire but I try girl. I forget what the name of it is, but basically there's a pool shark who goes and plays pool against a vampire woman oh, and yeah. he has to bet his life. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. That was a good episode. And they're all kind of clever like that. Like There's always a little twist. Mm-hmm. That's you know? right. right. Yeah. So I can't believe you like it more than Tales from the Crypt, but I like that you like it more. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Tales from the Crypt story is when... Um, my husband was working at the video store and I was up there and um, a woman came up and said, I'm looking for that TV show that has the skeleton that laughs at his own jokes. <laughs> and every time I see him now, I laugh because it was, you know, it was such a funny way to describe the crypt. And he was like, it took him a minute. And he was like, oh, yes, Tales from the Crypt, we have that. So <laughs> that skeleton that laughs at his own jokes is who he is to me now. But um, I think for me, Monsters... Um, I'm not quite sure why it's better. I mean, it could be back to my nostalgia for yeah. things, and sometimes you don't sure. get to, to see it as much. That's one thing I appreciate about Prime is it's giving me an opportunity to watch or re-watch things. And I remember renting a bunch of movies, and then, you know, the video store mm-hmm. started to get rid and thin out, you know, their VHS, mm-hmm. and I couldn't buy all of it. And now there's Some... one left. Right. <laughs> one video store left in the U.S. Is that true? Yeah. Two of them in Alaska closed. There's one left. There's blockbuster. One. Blo- blockbusters, we'll say. Oh, but block, but there's okay. one. I, I should I should specify. There's one blockbuster left in the U.S. There are wow. still plenty of independent. There are there are a few. Yes, we can find we can find some indies. I wish we had one in Athens. Do you know of any uh, gas station that still rent movies? Because uh, that was my go-to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, you know, back to crying about something closing, and my children were raised at Vision Video. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, their father kept them occupied by handing them. Plastic boxes in the playpen, literally. There would just be 20 plastic boxes and covers, and they would just be playing with Vision them. Video uh, built families. It yeah. really did, and um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a great thing. But the thing I do like about the Prime, back to that, it's as close as I'm going to get to walking in a video store with my friends ever again. Absolutely. I won't ever get to do that again, and it makes me sad. But I can peruse the list and look at the covers and all the things that you get to do in a video store with my buddies. In my and living watch room. trailers. And watch and trailers. trailers. Which are trailers. So so there fun. are nights where we don't watch a movie at all. We spend two hours watching mm-hmm. trailers. In fact, we have compilations on YouTube that are nothing but trailers. And we'll just <laughs> sit there and watch them it's and great. just write down titles and be like, I hope Amazon has it. Or <laughs> if we can find it. So yeah, yeah, that is one good thing about the streaming accounts. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. your prime enthusiasm has really worn off on me. I'm so excited to watch <laughs> a bunch of things now. So... Amazon did not pay for this episode. They did not sponsor us at all. <laughs> However, this is a little free plug, Amazon. Wink, wink. Here's to you. Uh, yeah. um, about uh, Prime and the awesomeness that exists uh, down these various rabbit holes of various weird genres on Prime. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Definitely is the weirdest stuff you can find from the streaming yes, services. Yes. Yes. We highly recommend checking it out if you like some good, bad movies. All right. We do. Excellent. Well... well Thanks so much for uh, for hanging out with us. Yeah, week. thanks for having us. It was great. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> we enjoyed uh, getting some uh, some good recommendations from y'all and hearing mm-hmm. about and sharing in some of the movies that we've shared and we'll continue to share and we'll continue to talk about those on our podcast as well. So Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.